Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast. As Jesse throws I am, uh, stuff around, I am just breaking things. Breaking things here in the I'm studio. I'm going to destroy stuff in our studio on purpose. Arr. There, fixed it. Oh boy, that a boy. <laughs> Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Jesse. How are you? Oh, it's been a great start to the day already. I can tell, man. It's yeah. fantastic. Let's get a new set of headphones. Yeah, Let's exactly. Get a couple yeah. new microphones. Jesse will break some stuff. Yep, just throw stuff around the. It's around fine. The it's fine. We'll live. It'll be it's right. not like we've taken a year to figure this out right. and get the right equipment, <laughs> and now you're gonna break it. <laughs> it's fine. Oh man, I'm so irresponsible. That's uh, wonderful. That's all right. Yep. We're we're all good. <sighs> so. Um, you are the man in black again, I noticed. I like am. we got mentioned uh we could not see you last time. Oh I'm sorry. But I, I think it. you prefer it that way. I prefer it that way. That way I don't, that would <laughs> You're just a big it. shade of black right, right now. <laughs> I'm okay with that. It does not bother he me likes the least. It that way. Yep. I'm good with <laughs> and that. And that's why we could go with the I love your face because we can't see your right? face. So everyone's like, I wonder what face they I wonder what love. his face looks like. Oh. You're like you know when they do like the uh the profile, but they can't say who it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like that guy right now. Right. We yeah. just know you're a person. Like Alfred Hitchcock from his show in the 1950s, just a silhouette, right? You know? <laughs> and you kind of got the same shape as exactly. Way to go. Good job. A large yeah, rotund yeah, yeah. <laughs> around this region here. <laughs> we should definitely use like a a mic synthesizer or something so that your voice is like covered so we can't even tell it's right? you. Right. Just be like, yeah. This is someone. <laughs> It's a, that sounds like Sylvester Stallone. Oh, you're Sylvester Stallone like, now. Awesome. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. So every time I come up with a theological point, you can just be, hey, yo. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Adrian. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Has Sylvester Stallone ever been in another movie other than, well, you Rocky? Know, so fun, I'll give you Rambo. Fun story about Sylvester Here we Stallone. Go. Because, you know, I have all kinds of random facts about stupid stuff. Um, fun story about Sylvester Stallone. He has is most well known for Rocky and Rambo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Did you know he also directed the uh, the sequel to the John Travolta movie Staying Alive? Really? In 1983? Huh. No joke. Yeah. Because, you know, that Staying Alive movie, right? Where John Travolta's yeah. oh, the yeah. disco dancer. And he's staying alive. And he's staying alive. Right. They released a sequel, I believe, in 1983. Wow. And Sylvester Stallone directs it. Now, I can't off the top of my head remember the name of it. I think it's Rhinestone Cowboy staying or something. Staying Alive 2. Staying Alive 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he directed that. And I believe his brother, Frank Stallone, had a uh, had a song on it. So how about they, that? How about that? Yeah. That that one did not have the theatrical success that the first no, one did, I'm thinking. No, there was a lot of stuff that uh, Sylvester Stallone did that did not have the theatrical success. Have you ever seen Cobra? Boy, that movie's terrible. Oh, I think I have seen that one. Whew, that's rough. Yeah. Just a rough film. But, yeah, he's done a lot of stuff, uh, you know, as far as those two characters. <laughs> so good for him. <laughs> Welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where very clearly we talk about stuff. Right. Yep. Don't forget to kiss the mic. Yep. We will uh, go all the way from Sylvester Stallone to theological discussions to the life of living water mm-hmm. to getting to know your pastors better. And more than anything, we're hoping that you're on an on-ramp. 
uh, an on-ramp to knowing about Jesus Christ, an on-ramp to knowing Him as your Lord and Savior, and maybe, just maybe, this is an opportunity for someone who does not know Him to tune in and say, wow, these guys are kind of random, it's kind of fun to listen to, mm-hmm. and then there's going to be sprinkling of Jesus all throughout, yep. and, and uh, you're going to get to meet Him a little bit too. Exactly it, and uh, and yeah, it's our hope that this, uh, this introduces you to uh, a little bit deeper reflection of your faith a little bit deeper reflection of, uh, you know, Scripture and how you can apply it to your life. So, Absolutely. Um, and by the way, I just uh, Wikipedia'd it because it was going to bother me. Yeah. As it turns out, I was wrong. Saturday Night Fever was the name of the movie. Oh, the yeah. The 1983 one was, in fact, Staying Alive. Oh, so Staying Alive was the sequel. Right. Yeah. Ah. So there you go. That just changes things. I know, right? Our lives are better yeah, for knowing like- that. <laughs> we need to stop everything we're doing right yep, now. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. Mic drop, show over. Yep, this is yep. fantastic. All right. All right, so at Living Water Community Church, we seek to follow Jesus by loving God and loving others. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways we do that is gather together on a Sunday. And on Sunday, we have all kinds of fun things happening. We have messages. We have fellowship. Uh, we have coffee, cookies, all the usual kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this particular season... Uh, we're going through this thing called Advent. Number one, Jesse, I don't think we spent time on this last week, but what the heck is Advent, and why do we call it Advent? And well, Advent is the time of the year where uh, we we spend uh, the it, traditionally it's five. Mm-hmm. We spend uh, the five Sundays prior to uh, prior to Christmas. Excuse me, four Sundays prior to Christmas, um, including Christmas Day, uh, remembering the salvation. Uh, that is brought by the giving of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, just like Lent is to Easter, Advent is to Christmas. And every single Sunday in Advent, we light a candle to remember and celebrate uh, one aspect of what Christ did with his coming. So mm-hmm. to this point, we've lit the hope candle because Christ brings us hope. Mm-hmm. Um, we, lit, we're going, we lit the peace candle last week. And so every week there's a different quote-unquote theme that reminds us of uh, Christ coming to this earth and the holiness that he brought with him. Right. So, yep. Uh, just wikipedia ing it here quickly just to get some uh, fancy words that we might not use otherwise. Liturgical is a big word. Uh, expectation, waiting, preparation. Uh, it's kind of a historical church word, really, right? Yep. Uh, Latin word meaning coming, meaning arrival. Uh, but all of that is summarized with what you said about preparation, right? Right. About getting ready. Yep. uh, Knowing that the birth of Christ is a game changer, that obviously this was everything that God had been forecasting, everything that God had been predicting, and then from there, it's everything that we look back to. Mm -hmm. But I think what I often miss, uh, maybe uh, there's a few people like me, uh, I think... I kind of focus on the fact that, oh yeah, it's about preparing for his birth, preparing for Christmas. But there's also a reminder that we're in a waiting period here, too. Yeah. Yep. That we're waiting for his second coming. Right. And I think uh, that's a big importance that we kind of glance over. Am I right? Or yeah. is that just me? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, kind of like we mentioned the last time... Uh, Christmas is an extremely important season, but we celebrate Christmas with the expectation that we celebrate Easter. Right. You know, right. I mean, the, the granted, Christmas and, you know, when we light the Advent candles, it's hope, it's peace, it's love, it's joy, and that's all true. Mm-hmm. But that is 
all that is secondary to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Right. You right. Know? So, no, I completely agree with you. Yep. And the fact that it it makes us look forward to this isn't it. Uh, it makes us look forward to he's coming back again. Right. Uh, makes us look forward to a second coming. Right. And that puts us in that stage of waiting right now. Yeah. Uh, we're waiting for something else. We're waiting for a fulfillment of the promises that he has already made. Yep. Which, again, just circles back to, as you have been this faithful so far, God, you're going to be that faithful going forward, too. Yep. So the understanding that, yeah, he came through on his promises from the Old Testament right. by sending his son. Yep. And so we can believe that he's going to come through again, exactly. that he's not going to leave us here, yep. that we're not just on our own. Exactly right. God makes a covenant with his people, and he, right. he, he fulfilled that covenant, and he's going to keep fulfilling that covenant. Absolutely right, by... Uh, by you know, Christ not only returning, but uh, but by Christ uh, purifying right. as well. Right, right. So, yep. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about today was a little quiz because we have fun doing quizzes. Oh my. Yeah. I want you to uh, guess. Okay. According to Christianity Today. Oh boy. There is one verse that is the most popular in 2019. Um. On the Bible app. We're talking on the Bible app. On the app. Bible app. Yeah. So just guess. I'm guessing it's peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Really? For the whole 2019? For the whole 2019. You're and wrong. I, what is it? Because uh, I'm guessing, I'll, I'll tell you the reason behind that. Okay. I think because the world is in absolute chaos right now, and I'm so thinking peace. peace. Right. But right. yeah, I don't know. You're not completely wrong because you're on the right track there. Uh, it's centered on uh, worrying. Uh-huh. Uh, centered on being comforted during times of worry. Gotcha. Uh, it yeah. actually uh, comes from Philippians. Gotcha. Philippians 4, verse 6, the most shared, the most highlighted, the most bookmarked verse of the year. And it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, everything. pray about everything. Yeah. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Which yeah. uh, actually goes with kind of what we were talking about for Thanksgiving, too. Right. How Paul summarizes stuff like that. And he... Uh, leaves people with just incredible statements it's like easy. that. So I wasn't far off as far no. as the thought, but no. the verse was incorrect. Right, so, right. Huh. And yeah. just for uh, information's sake, for uh, having a fun discussion about that, the verse contains similar themes to the U version's most popular verses in 2018, which was Isaiah 41, mm. verse 10, Do not fear, for I am with you. And then 2017, uh, Joshua 1, verse 9, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Man, so basically over the last We're three scared. years, we are scared people. We have a wow. lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of concern, which goes back to the discussion of just hang on, guys. Yeah. Like, he's coming yeah. back again. Yep, exactly. And that's what this time of preparation is. That's what this time of hope is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, to push this a little bit, love, joy, peace, hope, right? Those are yeah. the four yep. of Advent kind of thing. Yep. And so, recognizing how important each one of those facets is yeah. in yeah. a world that is full of fear and full of worry. Absolutely, and that's definitely something that we need to be reminded of. And I think that's why people are reaching out to these verses, because they right. want that encouragement, obviously. But the the issue is that, and this, this is just my personal opinion, so take it with a grain of salt. I think the issue is when people read those verses, as fantastic as they are, they don't how do I say this? They don't necessarily see Christ as that solution. 
I can see that. Like, if you are so zoomed in, like, I just need a word in this very moment. And so I take this one word, and I'm like, oh, yeah, everything's going to be okay. Great. Right. But knowing that his scripture is pointing to him. Right. Uh, that's a, maybe a fine line for some to try to distinguish or whatever. But understanding that I don't have the answer, that uh, this world doesn't have the answer, but it's Christ. Right. And this scripture is pointing me to. Yep. Who it is that gives me peace, it gives me comfort. Exactly, because I think a lot of times we read the scripture and we, you know, and this is, as you probably know, Gary, this is kind of one of my, my, um, I guess, pet peeve type things is Mm -hmm. when we take verses out of the Bible and we plaster them on the wall as if they're an inspirational phrase. Oh, sure. You know, where, where you have... Uh, I can't even remember a verse, you know, but... It, the, uh, what's the uh, the Jeremiah one? Yeah, for, I, have plans I know the plans for that you. I have for you. And, it, and I'm like, that's taken out of context. Yeah, I think that's you know? a big thing that we could actually have a pretty long discussion on. In fact, I just heard uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick, uh, I can't remember what church he's with, but he did a interview, mm-hmm. and one of the topics was, can you give us context on some of these verses that are taken out of context. And it was a great interview. I thought it was really interesting because if you read the whole story on a couple of these uh, verses, if you read uh, the whole story on a couple of these passages, you're going to see that uh, there's a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, When he says, for I know the plans I have for you, Mm -hmm. the verse before that says you're going to have death and destruction. Exactly. It's going to be horrible for the next X amount of years. Exactly. But... Yeah. There's something better coming. That goes right. right back to that waiting thing too. Right, exactly. And and there's and and don't get me wrong. I mean, if you're one of those people who has the verse on your wall and that find and you find hope and peace and the things we're talking about today in that, okay, that's fine. Be my guest. I just want to point out that these are not moral inspirational phrases. These are aspects of a larger scripture mm-hmm, that all mm-hmm. point back to the cross. That's right. what I'm trying to get to. Right, right. So I think you're right on with that. And I think there's a danger in, I remember, uh, was it Rich Mullins? He was a artist that yeah. passed away 10, 20 years ago now. Yep. Um, but one of his quotes always stuck with me. He said, one of the huge dangers of our highlighters is that we highlight a certain verse and we just lose the context to it. Yeah. And again, just like you said, that's nothing against, and I highlight, I underline, I do all that kind of stuff too, but I think I have a danger and I think we all have a danger of missing the bigger picture then if we're just focusing on one verse. Exactly. And I don't think anybody's, you know, innocent to this. I mean, I'm sure you and I are innocent or guilty of this too. Right. Like you said, you highlight, I highlight. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, now I'm going to ask you a question. Your favorite life verse is First Peter. Right. You know. uh, at the end of the chapter there, uh, may the God of all grace, after you have suffered a little while, himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Yep. And yeah. what's interesting is minus First Peter 5, 7, which comes earlier in that chapter, cast right. all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Right. Now, what I find interesting is we would take those verses independently. Yeah, they both say great, but they're both still just moral uplifting phrases. Mm-hmm. It's only when you take the entirety of First Peter and First Peter 5 that you go, oh man, he's telling us to be sober and alert. He's right. telling us that the devil's coming around us. Right. He's telling us there's going to be problems. Right. So it's not just, hey, this is something I need to hold on to. 
It's the entirety of the scripture works It's a together. warning there too, right? Exactly. Uh, the devil uh, prowls around like a lion looking to devour kind yep. of thing. So exactly. I think there's a huge warning in there and there's a comfort in there too. Yep. Uh, my little two-minute uh, blurb if I talk about that passage, because I use it as a benediction also, mm-hmm. I always say it's, to me, like God's blowing up the fine print. Uh, right. If you sign up for a credit card, if you sign up for anything online, whatever, there'll be this whole big, long list of this agreement, this agreement, and you got to zoom in to see any of those words. Yeah. And they're trying to kind of get it past you without you taking the time to read it all. Mm-hmm. And what I see God doing in that verse in particular, in that book, in Scripture, yeah. is getting rid of a fine print and getting the bigger picture right in front of you. So, may the God of all grace, after you have suffered a little while, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And so, the idea being, he's putting it right in front of us. He's not trying to pull any punches. He's not trying to hide anything. He's telling us, this is going to be tough. Yep, exactly. Realistically, this is going to be tough, but I have something better coming for you. Exactly it. And I just, I think it's interesting how uh, how, how we as Christians can... Not only grasp onto those verses, but we don't we don't necessarily read the entirety of Scripture. But when we do, we understand exactly the takeaway right. of that. Right, right, right. What you just said. Yep. You know. So, so here's a good question. Actually, this is kind of the conversation going on in our comment section right now. Uh, what's your take on writing in the Bible? You know, haha, that's a great that's question. That's a really good question. So a lot of people don't know this, and this is probably one of the nerdiest things out of the nerddom that I am. Um, but I collect um, Bibles. I just mm-hmm. collect different translations. I have like 29 of them. Right. Um, you know, right now. Or yeah, I think we had that conversation too because yeah. uh, it's dangerous to ask a pastor like how many yeah. versions of the Bible you have or exactly. whatever. Exactly. And, and I got 29 versions, right. like 30 odd different. Right. The interesting thing is I don't write in any of them except my quote unquote personal Bible. Hmm. Um, so I have a very clear preaching Bible, and I have a very clear personal Bible. Mm-hmm. My personal Bible, I write in all the time, and it's notes to myself. I know some people don't like that, but that's just what I do. And know? I remember being in, like, seventh grade or something like that, and we were in a Sunday school class, and the teacher said, uh, you know, underline this passage or whatever, mm-hmm. and half, it was really... Uh, maybe I'm exaggerating the numbers, but I, I remember it being half and half. Yeah. Half of the kids like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I'm just going to write in it. The other half thought it's wrong. Like, right. I can't write in this book. Right. And I think that goes to a bigger conversation, right? The idea about this is a holy, holy, holy book yeah. because it's from our God. Yep. And so I've heard it described as love letter. I've heard it described as main source of communication, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so because it's from him, mm-hmm. I hold this book up as a very sacred, important thing. Absolutely. Now, I also believe it's not him. Right. Like that book isn't him, just like communion isn't him. Right. But... It's a sign, it's a seal, it's a sacrament, it's something incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And so, where do you, yeah, how do you balance this is holy and sacred, and it points to someone who is the most holy and sacred. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that and that is a tough line. Right. It and, really is. And I think every person has to make that yep. personal decision. And I think that, uh, you know, for, for my personal Bible, like I said, it's personal. And so, therefore, if something really sticks out to me or there's a theological note, mm-hmm. it helps me dive deeper into the Scripture if I highlight it or if I write right. something down. Right. So it's not just like, oh, remember to do this. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yep. this passage in the book of Ezekiel eludes to you know, uh, some of the passages in Revelation chapter 12. Right. You know what I mean? And making those connections. So in a way, it helps me dive deeper into the scripture. But I also understand the idea of, you know, don't don't disrespect the Bible because right. in, in Sheldon and when I'm here in Orange City, if anyone ever notices, I have a specific podium for my Bible mm-hmm. because I refuse to set the Bible on the floor. Right. I won't right. do it. Right. You know, so. And I think that's, and that goes back to the personal thing, like what's your, what's your band or whatever. But yep. I, I would very much agree with you. I, I, I try really, really hard to not just throw it over here or throw it over there. Like to set it nicely. Um, yep. I know I've yelled at my kids a couple times, like when it it gets knocked off the table or whatever. <laughs> right. Like yep. I, I don't want to disrespect it. Right. And and yet I also know. Let's go this route. Let's go this analogy. Um, when Sandra and I were dating, um, we did the letter writing thing. I don't think that's even a thing anymore, right? right. Like right. Uh, we would write a love letter or whatever you want to say. Yep. And I would hold on to that thing and I would read it over and over again and I would keep it in my back pocket or whatever because it was close. It was personal. And I think I also want that kind of feeling for me with the Bible for that that kind of feeling with our people with the Bible, I want it to be something that I use. Yeah. That yeah. I have worn pages on yes. that I'm always looking at. And it also can't be something that I just kind of mindlessly throw on the chair, throw on the floor or whatever. Exactly. Something like that. And, and you know, I think that's a great way to put it where the Bible is not scrap paper. On right. the other hand, right, right. the Bible is not an icon. Right. Very. Right? Yeah, that's very well said. And so it's something, it's a tool to be used, and right. it's a holy tool at that. And mm-hmm. however we use it, we need to treat it with respect, but also make it meaningful to us and to the kingdom, most Agreed. importantly. Agreed. So, Man, yeah. we just dove right in. We did dive right in, yeah. And that came sure. out of... Uh, yeah, the Advent discussion. Advent discussion, like and that. that came out of, uh, you know, staying alive. Right, right. So, <laughs> welcome to Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff. That's yep. what happens. Exactly. All the way from John Travolta to Do You Underline Your Bible. Yep, you'll have that. Uh, so, here's the next thing. Um, there is a thing called Veggie Tales. Oh, you know yeah, Veggie Tales. I know Veggie Tales. Yep. Uh, Veggie Tales Christmas is a very popular one. Uh, that's actually uh, on the radar for the Orange City campus when they do. Uh, little treasures. Uh, yeah. That's the yeah. lessons that they often uh, show for the three, four, and five year olds. But what I wanted to hit you with was a couple of Veggie Tales uh, trivia. Oh no, I don't. The only thing I know about Veggie Tales is the hairbrush song. Oh, that's so good. That's all Can I know. Can you please sing that for us right now? Oh, where is my hairbrush? <laughs> oh, where? Oh, where? Oh, where? No hair. It, oh, sounds, it sounds better if you oh, are where? doing it that way, actually, to be honest yeah. with you, because I don't think we want to hear you sing. <laughs> no, you don't want to hear me sing. But, but you're talking, talking it through actually sounded pretty good. Yeah, right? like, yeah. I, I, could, I, have a, I could go for that. Side note, I have noticed that uh, that my voice is way just, oh, man, that thing has a timbre. When I listen <laughs> to myself on this, I so we, I re-listen to this podcast, complete side note, and I'm like, boy, that's that's a that's a... 
baritone if I've ever heard one. <laughs> and number two, I'm like, that guy has a hard Midwestern accent. You or me, me. or both of us? Yeah. Me. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, when something, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go eat an apple. I'm like, uh, what? We actually, uh, so I have this uh, uh, mentoring thing that I do at the high school. And this last week, we were actually talking about accents. Yeah. And there's a couple of kids that transferred it or whatever, and they have some uh, accents outside of Midwest. And the understanding or the realization was, wow, Midwest people think we're the quote-unquote normal ones with no yeah. accents. No. It's horrible. Oh, it's terrible. There's a yeah. huge accent for our when, area. When I went to uh, uh, um, Chicago, I was like, man, okay, this is kind of different. And then I came back home, and I'm like, wow, we yeah. got it. It's a hard North Minnesota, and both of us have it. Oh, you and yeah, I have yeah, it, yeah. You know, yep. so. It's hard to get away from, yep. right? But anyways. All right, back, so sorry. you ready for this? This was all out of, that was all out of Veggie Tales. Yep. Oh, where is my hairbrush? Where is my hairbrush? Yep. Uh who is the superhero that Larry acts as in some of the movies? Okay, which one's Larry? Larry is the cucumber. I didn't know there's a cucumber. Um. A, <laughs> <laughs> the tall one. Uh, um, <laughs> He's the tall one. The tall vegetable. Hit me uh, up in the comments. Who's the superhero that Larry acts as in some uh, of the episodes? You gotta know this. Uh, I will say it's Pickle Boy. Pickle Boy, you're really close. Am I? Larry Boy. Oh, Larry, Larry Boy. Larry Boy. Larry Boy. All right. All right. I'm gonna go a little more basic for you then. Thank you. Uh, this is just a nice, easy one because the main characters. I think you know the main characters, Larry and and Larry and it's a tomato. I know that, right? Yeah. It's. Uh, Bob? Bob. Larry and Bob. Sweet. Larry and Bob are our main characters. Uh, Here's a really fun one. Uh, Because they say something at the end of every video, which I didn't realize that. But Uh, you're not going to know the whole phrase, I assume. Okay. But it's, I'll leave one word out. God made you what? And he loves you very much. God made you... Special? Yes, you are correct. Yeah, pull that, that one. Was that like coming back to you? Did you Oof. used to watch Veggie Tales when you were a kid? Uh, no, but really? you know, some of my high school friends were big into it, like Mike Vogel and a few other people. I thought they we were. It, so. I thought it was. Uh, you might be right. I was thinking uh, it was like when we were kids, but well, it was when we were kids. I just had a lot of nerdy high school. Maybe friends. we were like middle school ish, yeah. which uh, then we wouldn't have thought it was very cool. I'm guessing. Right. Uh, in high school, I think it was kind of ironic, and in right, early college, right. it was kind of ironic to I like. I remember it, so. buying a CD in college, right, with uh, Veggie Tales because we thought it was like kind of funny or cool or whatever. Yeah, yeah ironic. Yeah. It's yeah. alternative enough. Right, know, right, so. right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, and then it actually hit. That was like its biggest popularity, wasn't it? Yeah. Like around our college time, kind yep, of thing. That's exactly it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what is coming up as far as uh, messages and services in the next couple of weeks here for the Orange City and Sheldon campus? Uh, we're in the middle of the Advent season. Mm-hmm. And so promises of God, looking at those pretty hardcore. Yep. Uh, what's the passage you're doing this next Sunday? So um, I'm going to, and I think we're both doing the same passage. Um, I can't remember, though. Um, I'm doing um, 
the third Sunday in Advent, which is going to be on the book of Joshua. Now, that seems like a weird one, but if you recall, our current series is the genealogy of Jesus, some mm-hmm. of Jesus' ancestors. Mm-hmm. And to this date, we've done Abraham, um, we've done Jacob uh, last week, and this week, at, at least at Sheldon, we are doing Rahab. Oh, nice. Which I always find interesting because uh, uh, Rahab, as you know, was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about how this woman... Uh, can effectively save some of God's servants, and mm-hmm. she gets this great honor bestowed upon her for effectively, you know, hanging a cord out the window and letting them escape. I think right. it's a great story and a lot uh, for us to say about her, but even more importantly, a lot for us to learn about the lineage of Jesus because he did not, he was not birthed from perfect people right, by right. any means. There's a lot of messiness there in his genealogy, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff that he if he was into the cultural thing, would probably try to hide a little bit. Right. Uh, which is an analogy for uh, the hiding and the escaping and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of ways you can go with that, I bet. Yep, exactly. That's so awesome. It, it should be a fun one. How about you in uh, Orange City? Uh, this Sunday is going to be a little bit different. Um, going to be a very, very truncated, short message. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably just a summary of the promises kind of things. Uh, part of the reason we're doing that is because... Uh, we're going to have our children's ministry participate in Christmas program. Very cool. And so Sue and her team have been working pretty hard on uh, some pretty awesome songs. Uh, just having the kids recite a whole bunch of scripture, uh, which is fantastic uh, for us to hear as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to give me an opportunity to just summarize very quickly uh, what that scripture is pointing to. And the promises that we have already talked about. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have one more uh, promise the next week. And then we'll already be on Christmas already. And are we doing it uh, on David? Am I correct in that? I think that's right. Yep. So that's 22nd, correct? Yep. And and that sounds awesome in Orange City. Um, Mm -hmm. Yep. A subtle plug for uh, something in Sheldon. On the 22nd, the kids will be doing special music for the first time. That's so cool. Um, with the bells, right. I guess, is what they're right. going to be doing. That'll so be there's, awesome. there's something for each campus with the kids. And, for sure. You know, so, anyway. And then all of a sudden, we're at Christmas already. Um, yeah. So uh, we are both planning Christmas Eve service. That's if correct. you don't have that marked on your calendar, we're looking at the 24th. Yep. And both campuses are at 7 o'clock, correct? That is correct. And so join us there. Uh, I think what I've been kind of working with, our worship coordinator, uh, it's going to be really, really Mm -hmm. low-key, just simple, uh, sing a couple hymns, read through the Christmas story. And I think we've talked about this before, Jesse, but what more can I say about the Christmas story in terms of... uh, in terms of exhorting it, in terms of doing a sermon on it, it speaks for itself so much, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm doing the same thing over in Sheldon. Uh, because, yeah, why why, ex- why extrapolate on, right. on something that is... That was is, a nice big word for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Four syllables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nailed it. But but why do that when we, when it's, you know, when the story is so beautiful in oh, and yeah. of itself? Right. And there's... I know people may get sick of it, but you know what? Sorry. <laughs> I think Christmas and Easter, Scripture preaches itself. Oh, totally. That's what right. I believe. Right. So. I think what I did uh, a couple of years ago, and maybe I'll go this route again, um, memorize it as much as possible so that it's 
just a person telling the story. Yeah. Uh, so that it has that kind of feel. Yep. And then, if I remember right, I just simply said, close your eyes if you need to. Um, just put yourself in that context as much as you can. Yep. And then afterward, uh, go through the practice of saying out loud, just five, ten minutes, this is a word that stuck out to me, or yeah. this is a thought, or this is a picture I had. Yep. And it's amazing to me then to hear someone say, wow, you know, I never... I haven't thought about the shepherds in a long time, or I haven't thought about Mary, or I haven't thought about these angels that came out of nowhere, or just what sticks out to so many different people, because I think that's what scripture does, being the living and active scripture, has something that sticks out to so many different people. Absolutely right, and sometimes you just need to read the scripture and tell the story right. so that they can create their own, you know, uh, mm-hmm. mental picture and it can be ascribed to them rather than us telling you. Right. It's us basically inviting you. Absolutely. This, this time. Yep. So. Isn't there actually, uh, this could be a bigger conversation about denominations and stuff, but isn't there a denomination that does like Sunday gathering mm-hmm. pretty much all that way? Like oh, just yeah. one person stands up and reads and then everybody just kind of says, yep. here's the thoughts that I have oh, about yeah. it or whatever. Yeah, I used to um, not attend. I used to uh, have, a, have a friend who went to a Pentecostal church mm. in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. And that's very much how it was. You know, just the whole, and I don't know if I theologically agree with it. Right, right, right. But it, it was something kind of cool as far as someone standing up and say, this is the scripture and God gave me this word to read. And, right, you know, right. just telling story. I can almost see, like, maybe so much of that is probably personal bend, too. I'm sure what you're used to or whatever. But yep. I could see that being a cool thing for a couple times or whatever. Yep. But then my default would go back to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody needs to, like... Rain Spend some time on this and yep. think about this. Because I remember, uh, it was probably one of our preaching professors said this, but yeah, absolutely. You know, we stay open to the scripture. We stay open to that very moment. But the Holy Spirit works in preparation too. Right. And so right. as I'm sitting in my office reading through a commentary, as you're sitting and and finding that Hebrew word or mm-hmm. whatever, yep. God is working in those moments as well. Exactly. We trust that he's laid something on the preacher's heart yep. in Absolutely. order to be researching it. It's uh, it's an interesting thing, and that's another conversation we could go into at a later date, but the whole, and I'm, I wonder if people would actually be interested in this, the process of writing a sermon mm, and, mm. and what it all takes and the amount of time and right. effort and resources and how much you have that you want to say and how much you allow the Spirit to say, because right. the end goal is the Spirit says all of it, right, right, obviously. Right. So, you and know, just that whole, not get in the way. Right. That right. whole process is... is it's one of the most enjoyable parts, yet hardest parts of the career. That's well said, because in some ways, yeah, you're a vessel, right? And so whatever words need to come out are going to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the A couple of the analogies that I've heard is just be the one who doesn't get in the way. Yeah. Uh, a good referee Yep. is one who isn't noticed, right? right? Yep. Uh, if the referee sticks out and then you say, oh, that was bad umpire, bad referee, bad call, whatever, yep. it's only then that it gets noticed. If it doesn't get noticed, then yeah. the referee did his job. Yep. And in some ways, I kind of think there's a clear analogy for us in that too. Mm-hmm. Just get out of the way. Right. If you can see the Holy Spirit, if you can see that scripture, 
then I think I did what I was supposed to you know, do. The whole, I heard a seminary professor put it like this, Randy Moss, uh, one of my mentors, he said, mm -hmm. your entire job is to present the gospel truth, um, mm -hmm. not to present your opinion. Oh, absolutely. And he yeah. said, sometimes people are going to like it, and sometimes people are going to get offended, and sometimes right. people are going to be sick of it, but ultimately that's the work of the Holy Spirit convicting Amen. them. Amen. Very so, true. Yeah. Uh, so just a quick shout out to um, where you can catch this. Uh, obviously, if you're listening right now on Facebook Live, uh, but what we also do is upload it to Spotify. Uh, last time I had said that we weren't going to be on Spotify, but I worked some magic and found a way to get it up on there. So What's check up? it out on Spotify. If I could take this mic out, I would drop it. Drop that mic. Nailed it. Yep. So follow us on Spotify. Gary and Jesse talk about stuff. You can just search for it there. Uh, we're also on Google Play. And you also have the ability to go just simply to our website for allwhothirst.com. Mm -hmm. uh, go on the right-hand side there, and there will be a menu, and you can select podcast. Yep. And while we're talking about the website, if you would happen to go there, uh, you're also going to see a couple of the things that are happening right now. Uh, we got to give a shout-out for this Ebenezer campaign. Yep. Uh, that's your main uh, thing that pops up. Yeah. And if you click on that, you're going to see a little bit more of what it is that we're trying to do. We have uh, three priorities that have been identified by council, uh, including education space for children's ministries in Sheldon, uh, improvements for Orange City facility, and debt reduc reduction. And then it's also going to walk you through how do I give towards that. Mm -hmm. And our big goal for that is $300,000. Uh, we're doing really well we on are. that, somewhere in the 80000 yep. range, I think, ballpark there. Uh, that's a fantastic start, but we'd ask you to go ahead and keep uh, prayerfully giving, uh, yeah. keep paying attention to what it is that God is trying to do with this Ebenezer campaign. Yep, the fact is we have made a great start, but mm -hmm. just like any other campaign or anything else we do, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So Absolutely. just because uh, we have enough to get one section started, there's a lot more work to go that we trust the Lord will guide us into. Very true. So, uh, Just a couple of long-term things to put on your calendar. Part of what we do here is just prep you as Living Water Community Church too to know about some stuff, to hear about some stuff. Um, we are saying uh, farewell uh, to some of our outgoing leaders. We are. Uh, the council, the people that are tasked with administrative decisions, that kind of thing, met for our last time uh, this past Monday. Mm -hmm. And so on council, we're saying goodbye to uh, Wayne Dykstra, Brittany Foreman, and Mike Notaboom, I believe. Yep, that is correct. And so uh, thank you so much to each of them for serving. Yep. And then we're in the process now of getting the new people elected in um, mm -hmm. and having that transition kind of take place over the holiday season, yep. over the beginning of the new year. Yep. So stay tuned for in the next week uh, slash two weeks, that process to happen in both campuses. Mm -hmm. um, it's our goal to get that process. And I think we will have it done before the end of the year. And then uh, we will have, uh, what would you call it? Not the inauguration, but the, the, uh, uh, the initiation, yeah, you, installation, Dave. installation. Thank yeah. you. We will have the installation in January of next year of the uh, new incoming leaders. Yep. And if I may be so bold, we also have a uh, a leadership transition night that we're planning on celebrating mm -hmm. uh, the service of some of our outgoing leaders. We plan on welcoming in our incoming leaders, mm -hmm. looking at the year in review, seeing uh, how God moved us, and kind of plotting a course for 2020. So mm -hmm. I believe that's happening the... 
the 12th, 13th. The 13th, yep. sorry. Yeah, I don't know why we keep saying 12th. 13th, that's right. Um, so. And then just long-term, uh, we got to keep mentioning the Red Hot Mission thing that we continue to work on. Now, one of the uh, consultants that we had in a year ago or so, Dave Bartlett, uh, reminded us to just keep pushing the mission of living water, which is to follow Jesus by loving God and loving others. And one of the things that he did was just simply radical, radically do. And one of the identifying things that uh, the team came up with is doing surf trips. And we talked about this a little bit in the Orange City campus last week, but uh, just a a broad invitation to attend a surf trip to Juarez, Mexico, Mm -hmm with uh, Justice for All. Yep. And that's going to be January 17 through 24. Yep. And so we're offering that up to anybody, everybody uh, who wants to participate in that. For both campuses, that's... you know, that's going to be an exciting thing. We hope in Sheldon in the next couple of weeks, I have to work through their schedule. And he, the person who wants to present told me that he was going to be here in Orange City um, this last week. So I hope that we can have a presentation on that in the mm-hmm. next couple of weeks in Sheldon, mm-hmm. get people invested in that and excited about that because it's a very exciting partnership. We oh, have totally. So, yeah, I think so too. Um, so contact us said, for more information, right? Exactly. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in, right now and in 2020, a lot of big stuff coming down the pike uh, mm-hmm. as a church. So, be sure to just ask us, ask your elders, ask your deacons, keep on the website. We'll try and inform you as much as possible, but there's exciting things coming in 2020. So. Yep, and uh, what did we say last time? We don't have uh, some of the TikTok, Snapchat. Right. But, hey, we're yeah. catching up. We're catching up. We got Twitter. Yeah. We got Facebook. We got you can the, always email Jesse. You know, e- email me. Send him a letter. Yep, exactly. Uh, send a, send a, uh, a telegram, if right. you will. Yeah. Via horse-drawn carriage. Yes, and yeah. Jesse will receive that. In three to five business days. <laughs> and Mother and father, I have I, written you from the battle. I doth received thine telegram. Oh, man. Yes. That Thank could be you, a, Mother. a lot of fun. It should be. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, so we've covered all the way from Sylvester Stallone to uh, do you highlight your Bible yep. to some of the things that are going on at Living Water. Yep. Uh, hopefully you can uh, understand that that is all under the umbrella of following Jesus by loving God and loving others. And I hope you have this as an invitation. Uh, If you're worried, if you are concerned, if you have a desire to know something deeper, then we have that answer for you. It's Jesus Christ. It's him as the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. And so search him out uh, because he has been searching you out. And uh, with all of that being said... Jesse, I love your face. I love your face, even though no one can see it. <laughs> no one can see you because, remember, uh, you're, you're the shadow. You, you were right. supposed you are to be concerned. the one that we you uh, can't really know who right. this is. The fat, the fat Alfred Hitchcock in yeah. the back here. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get us out on this. All right. Or not. And her sons to a foreign land called Moab. Now, if we had a map up, you could see that basically Judah... That was one of your old sermons. I was going to say, you're going to give one of my sermons from two and a half years ago? There we go. There it is. (laughs) That was a hard exit.